a little too much juice. You know, it's a thin line between not enough juice and too much juice. You know what I'm saying? That's what Jose can That's take what, us. <laughs> I was about to say, oh, I don't want to do that. We're excited that you've joined us again. Uh, I'm Tommy Park, the campus minister here, joined with my friend and co-worker, Aldo Mondin. I'm here. I made it back, too. You made it. We're here. We're, we're round seven, I think. They all run together. Time yeah. flies when you're having fun. That's true. Yeah. No, But it's good to be here. It's good to be on the sound waves to our students and... Mm-hmm. Uh, walking through the Apostles' Creed with them this summer, so it's been it's been nice. It's yeah, been good. Good to be back on the airwaves, coming into the ear holes. Yeah, using those those AirPods that they all got for Christmas, right? Earpod, AirPods, AirPods. They go in your ear, yeah, yeah. but they're AirPods. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you, it's cool. You're with it. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to trying to read the. The blogs? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I don't think people have blogs anymore, but sure. All right. But speaking of, um, you know, things that go in your AirPods, do you have a dad joke for us this week? Oh, I have a dad joke. Do you like that transition? That yeah. Was... No, you, that was great. Thanks. <laughs> Professional. It's almost like we, we wrote it out that way, which we didn't. So, Aldo, I was wondering, you're married, I'm married. Do you know why some couples go to the gym? <laughs> because, no. because they want their relationship to work out. <laughs> that's, 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 that's not that's not good. No, that's that's a oh. <laughs> uh, man, see the problem is we don't have video of you cracking up while you're trying to say that joke. <laughs> Because uh, they want their relationship to work out. I'm sorry for everyone out there. Is that good enough, or do we need another one? You know what? Hit me with one more. Right. I'm, I I feel like I didn't get the full experience, and you know, you know what I've heard, Tommy. What have you heard? I've just feedback that I'm getting is people really just tune in for just the dad jokes, and then everything else is like the gravy on top. Yeah. Well, here here's 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 one. Okay. Um, we both celebrate father's day we both have children we both watched peter pan have you watched peter pan yeah with your child why is peter pan always flying i don't know because he never lands (laughs) never (laughs) never (laughs) Uh, there you go that was a good one yeah that was good I like that's, that. Yeah, that's more PG related. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's for our under under ten <laughs> listeners. Yeah, we don't want to, we don't want to check the box that we're explicit. No, what's the word? I've got I got nothing. Yeah, we we want to be for all ages. Um, yeah, appeal to all demographics. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Although this summer we've been walking through the Apostles' Creed, covering kind of the basics of Christianity, what we simply believe. Uh, so we're going to continue that today. But first, uh, if you would read or recite the Apostles' Creed for us. I wish I could do accents. It would be really cool if I could do this in some sort of accent. Um, but I can't. I can't think of any good accents that I do. So, um, But I can't actually do any accents. So I was thinking about it. 
but I think I'm just going to play it straight. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Good job. Thanks. So last four weeks, we've covered that that big middle section that was all about Jesus, um, concerning who he was, what he came to do, what he will do. Um, You know, we looked at Jesus Christ. He is our only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered, he crucified, died, and was buried, descended to hell, and on the third day, he rose again, ascended to heaven, and will come back to judge the living and the dead. So this week, we're turning the chapter, turning the page, uh, moving. Uh, there's a lot of talk about this creed being a, uh, you know, that's the Trinity is there, mm-hmm. uh, and God, uh, the Father, Jesus, and then here we're going to look at this little phrase, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Which most Presbyterians, this would be a really short podcast, but we're going to make sure, give the Holy Spirit what is due his name. Well, I'm a former charismatic Presbyterian now, so former charismatic, comma, Presbyterian. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want you to be a former Presbyterian. Yeah. (laughs) So, but I would say this is huge. And, you know, I think we kind of joke that, you know, that particular Presbyterians don't maybe on the, either by guilt association or just not focusing on the Holy spirit as much. And I, and I think it's not just Presbyterians that do that. You know, again, I think we talked about this with the Ascension is that usually we only focus on, okay, God created things. That's important. Jesus was born. Jesus rise from the dead. Okay. That's everything. Well, like we looked at last week, the Ascension of Jesus was a big deal in the Bible. And another big deal in the Bible was Pentecost, the coming of the Holy spirit. Uh, and so this whole idea of us believing in the Holy Spirit is a big deal. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, I think just historically how this has developed, and we talked a little bit about um, a while ago about the creed, but in um, Western Christianity, so as opposed to like Eastern Orthodox Christianity, there hasn't been, at least early on, um, there weren't as many controversies around the Trinity um, as some other different things um, as there was in the East. And so the East actually ends up with this robustly um, Trinitarian statements and is very robustly Trinitarian because they're consciously reacting against these other kind of movements. And so I think something on on the one hand, the West was spared some of the more difficult controversies, but on the other hand, I think that has tended and we're, you know, trying to avoid this error today but has tended us to to focus less on the trinity and by extension i think most of the time the problem is like when you say when you're gonna focus on one of the persons you end up on the father or the son very few people at least in our tradition end up overemphasizing the spirit um and i think you know hopefully we're gonna be bringing some balance back to that you know bringing the spirit back 
bring it back. Yes. So today we're going to look at kind of who is the spirit, why is this important, some action um, of the spirit, you know, how, how does this work out practically. So first, who is the spirit? Uh, I think first thing that we need to remind ourselves, but also everyone who's listening, that the Holy Spirit's a person. It's not like a thing or a force. Mm-hmm. It's not like Star Wars, you know, the the force. It's actually a person. And again, like you were just talking about the whole idea of the Trinity, that the Trinity is one God in three persons. It's not two persons plus force. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is, is part of the Godhead of who God is. Right. No, and I think that's, yeah, that's really important, I think, because we sometimes... I think we treat the spirit like magic. Like we say the right incantation, you know, the spirit is like obligated to be there in some way or obligated to do things instead of, um, interacting with the spirit as one who draws us closer into that kind of Trinitarian life and into the life that Jesus offers us. We sometimes, you know, use him as, I think, I don't know if it's just the way that we've come to use the word spirit. Um, or what it is, but we've, yeah, we've depersonalized and we sort of made it into like, a, I guess something that you feel, which is, you can feel the spirit. That's nothing wrong with that, but something that you feel or, um, that has some sort of power or agency, but we don't talk about the Holy spirit as someone that you engage with and interact with. And, um, as a, as a person in the same way that you do Jesus or the father. Yeah. And, uh, We'll probably talk about this going throughout. I think Jaya Packer talked about the Holy Spirit being kind of the the flashlight or the floodlight mm-hmm. to Jesus. And, and you can kind of see this throughout the Bible is that God the Father is always shedding light on the uh, away from himself and to Jesus or the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Jesus doing the same thing. You know, even Jesus throughout, and I think we'll get there. I know we'll get there actually, but that Jesus often talked about... Um, Holy Spirit being a counselor, that he's going to come and be our counselor, that he's going to come and be our advocate, you know, so very personal language. And it's more than, because sometimes we think of the Holy Spirit just as this like Jiminy Cricket guy on our shoulder yeah. that he kind of gives us, you know, a good feeling that we might be doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's much more than that. Um, and that's our second point is that, that the Holy Spirit's a person um, but he's also divined. Uh, he's, as we're kind of already, that he's stressing uh, that he is part of the, the of who God is. Yeah. Now, and you know, I've been um, this kind of hit home for me. I was reading. I've been reading. Um, this will tell you a little bit about me. But I've been reading kind of quasi devotionally this book, uh, Jesus Becoming Jesus, and it's a theological interpretation of the Gospels. It's, um, but so it's looking at the life of Jesus and this, I promise this is coming back to the Holy spirit at some point. Um, it's looking at the life of Jesus and talking about the theological significance of the events and things like that. And it's been really cool. Um, but the thing that he notes and that really, um, you know, brought this home for me in some way, in a way that I, you know, I'll confess I hadn't thought about it specifically before was he was saying the, he was talking about the infancy narratives and, um, the Annunciation and then Jesus um, being born of the Virgin Mary. And he was saying, you know, that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. If Jesus is God, to be conceived by the Holy Spirit infers that the Holy Spirit is God. And that 
the father sent the spirit and he was he was talking about this inner relationship and how all the persons are involved but the big point that he was making was hey this this speaks of the holy spirit like this is speaking about jesus but it also is the first um sort of announcement of the trinity and sort of the announcement of what the holy spirit does as he comes and brings jesus to dwell in us and so um yeah, and you see that not just with Jesus' birth, but also the very start of his ministry, him being baptized yeah. and the Holy Spirit kind of ascending, descending on him uh, like a dove. Um, but there's... Yeah, know, so that. I mean, that's it's a cool element of that idea of Jesus is divine, but also like the Spirit is divine and yeah. that they work together in Jesus' life and in his ministry. Um, and then, you know, as we said before, then the spirit not only is is doing that, but then the spirit comes after Jesus is ascended and comes to work in in us. And, you know, I think you were bringing it up. There was a section in in Acts um, that talks about um, kind of the Holy Spirit and God. And so hit us up with that. Tell yeah, me yeah. about Now, there's a story where um, in Ananias uh you know, if you lie to the Holy Spirit, you lie to God. That yeah. was the quote there. Um, and so it just, I mean, that's kind of the biggest, again, proof text, just to kind of give us a, a glimpse of how God is describing himself in his authoritative word is that he's describing the Holy Spirit as God. If you, and if, you know, going back to Deuteronomy 6 and some other pieces, you, you know, that's just one really good example of, the Bible itself describing the Holy Spirit as God mm -hmm. by lying to the Holy Spirit. You're actually lying to God himself. I mean, and that even ties into him being personal because you don't lie to a force, Yeah, you know, so you don't lie to like, it would be, it'd be a weird thing to be like, you know, I lied to the wind today. Be like, what? Who yeah. says that? Um, but you know, you lie to people, you lie to persons. And so Peter is in, in some ways, by even saying that you lied to the Holy Spirit and lied to God is affirming not only the Spirit's personhood, but also his divinity, like you said. So it kind of brings everything together in that. And that, I think that's, um, I think we have it somewhere. It's, um, I don't know what that's, I don't know what the note for that is. It's an axe. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, I should have put it there. But, uh, but the Holy Spirit's Holy Spirit is important, uh, you know, and, and, and this was reminding me what you were saying right before that was, I think throughout the Bible, often we think of, um, God acting or God doing things or Jesus doing things and the Holy Spirit doing things throughout the Bible. And sometimes I think at first glimpse, it looks like only one of those characters yeah. is, you know, for example, like creation mm -hmm. you know in, the, in our brain a lot of time it's we we think maybe only god the father is kind of active in the, in that sense but if you kind of take a second look particularly in genesis it talks about the spirit hovering so the spirits at play if you look at john one and colossians one clearly jesus uh, is at play there as well so there's mm. you can make an argument that the trinity the, the father the son the holy holy spirit uh, is there at creation uh, is that you know is, and you can see they're working together throughout uh, the bible yeah even in jesus resurrection it says the father raised him from the dead by his spirit and so it's you know 
that's the fancy church word. We'll get our churchy lingo yeah. button going, but is the doctrine of inseparable operations, meaning just really, really simply is that the father never does anything without the son and the spirit. The spirit never does anything without the son and the father. And it's this beautiful understanding that um, when we encounter the spirit, we encounter Jesus and the father. And when we encounter the father, we encounter Jesus and the spirit. We can't help, but um, engage all of them when we engage one of them. Yeah. And that's, I mean, just, again, just think about creation, the Holy Spirit's there, incarnation, which you point out, Holy Spirit's there, temptation, there, Jesus, 40 yeah. days in the wilderness, Holy Spirit was there, crucifixion, resurrection, inspiration, the writing of the, of the Bible, and then regeneration, the new birth of a believer, all that is through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, and we need to be reminded of that. Yeah. I mean, so it's great. I mean, just, you know, we, we hit this a little earlier, but it's crazy that like we, we lose sight of the work of the Holy spirit because basically everything you just said is like all of the high points of scripture, like the big narrative marks of scripture. And it was like, man, the Holy spirit is, is, you know, if not front and center, he's right there doing his work and yet we we sometimes forget it and so yeah it's a helpful thing about the creed as we're going through it is it constantly we've talked about this it constantly forces us to be reevaluating what we're thinking of and to be looking at things in different ways and to when we say i believe in the holy spirit it's like well what is the holy spirit constantly asking us to to think through what we believe and to round out our faith in helpful ways not overemphasize one thing at the for at the expense of the other or um, minimize something for the sake of something else, but constantly calls us into seeing what the whole scripture has to say about what God is doing. And so speaking of, you know, what God is doing, like, you know, what, what actions does the Holy Spirit do? You kind of enumerated some of them, but just maybe yeah. like, what's his, what's his, what's a big like thrust new Testament wise. Yeah. What does the Holy Spirit do? You know, what can we kind of like, yeah. So the first quick thing, doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. I think first he brings life. You know, we just talked about him being creator, but also he is recreator of life. Uh, Ephesians 1.14 talks about him being the deposit, the guaranteeing of our inheritance. So think about this. When you find God, when God finds us in our rebellion, it takes his Holy Spirit to break into that rebellion and convince us of our sin and our misery and our rebellion and make us uh, bring us to life. Uh, regeneration is a word that, uh, you know, um, John 3, Nicodemus, the, uh, that you need to be born again. And right. that happens through the Holy Spirit. And so the first kind of action of the Holy Spirit is that he brings life. And it's not just the life of creation, but also life of recreation as, as believers. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And it's that work is not only did Jesus, you know, is he the firstborn of the new creation and, but his spirit is the one that comes and dwells in us and gives us this new life that, um, as you know, you quoted Ephesians is the guarantee of what's to come is this, we get this kind of foretaste of this new life where we get to share in the life that Jesus offers us. And that's the Holy Spirit's doing. He unites us to Jesus. He's the one who, if you want to say, applies the work of Jesus to our lives and is the one who enables us to encounter, um, Jesus and the father. So very key element of our faith. Very key. Uh, the second thing I would say is the Holy Spirit brings power. 
Uh, so you would see all the time that the description that this person was full of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, that they, there was this power coming. And again, I pointed this out earlier that he was our, he's our helper. Uh, he's our advocate. He's our counselor. Uh, he, he's our representative. Um, and all those things come with those things of, of, of power. Um, and even, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot more to kind of be said there. Yeah, I mean, and thinking of him as, so, you know, in the sense of he brings us the new life, but then he also empowers us to live out that new life. He's the the engine behind sanctification, if you will, you know, that it's not that we become Christians by the power of the Holy Spirit, and then it's up to us to, like, follow Jesus of our own will, but the Holy Spirit gives us this new life and then works within us to make us into the image of Jesus and empower us to live and to do the good works that God has prepared for us. I mean, so that's, it's, it's not a one-time thing where you get the spirit and it's like good, but he's constantly working on us and continuing to, to grow us and shape us and change us. Yeah. One theologian pastor, you know, I guess last century, you know, a guy named John Murray, he talked about how Christ accomplished salvation and then the Holy Spirit applying that salvation to us. Um, and so that's a good way of kind of making sure those two, two go together. Uh, Jesus uh, accomplished it through his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and then him sending the Holy Spirit. Now that salvation, that power is now applied to us. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. I mean, but maybe somebody's listening to this right now and they're saying, all right, I've heard some, a lot of churchy words. Feel a little churchy about right now. Um, the churchy word button has been abused. Um, you know, we talked about redemption accomplished and applied. Aldo said something about inseparable operations. I blacked out during that. I started to get a nosebleed. Like, what? Help me practically. Like, what is the Holy Spirit doing in my life day to day? Help me out with that. So, yeah. let me throw it to you. Yeah. No, I'll. Thanks for throwing it. And I will give you some, some things. I think the Holy Spirit does many things. First, I think it, the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sins. Um, you know, in John 16, it talks about Jesus saying that the Spirit would come and, and basically uh, be the Spirit of truth that will come to guide us into all truth, and He would convict us uh, that He's kind of remaking us, as it were. And so He's going to not just reveal truth, but also convict of the truth that needs to be in our heart. And so, and that's the Holy Spirit kind of working in that again, not just in creation, but also in recreation and one way of re recreating a image that has been broken by the, the fall is that he needs to convict us of the sins that are in our heart and deep down in our heart. Yeah. I mean, that goes kind of what we were talking about just a minute ago with that idea of not only does the Holy Spirit come and convert us, not only does he come and change our hearts and um, apply that salvation to us um, through what Jesus has done, but he also is involved in that work of sanctification and growing us and shaping us. And part of that is the conviction of sin, that he's, on one hand, he's a comforter to those that are afflicted by sin, but on the other hand, he comes to show us our sins that we might um, know and love God better than we did before while we're here. Yeah, and that's all, again, in the Gospel of John motif, there's a lot of like light darkness, and mm -hmm. I think the Holy Spirit is being the ultimate uh, floodlight, as it were, into our hearts to, to reveal how dark it is and how much we do need a Savior. And then he also comes in, I think, as counselor, as advocate. You know, he's not there just to like beat us down, but to lift us up, to recreate us, to make us into his image. And so... 
And that's all the Holy Spirit is kind of doing that. You know, yeah. we we usually, you know, we sometimes we think of he, him coming to convict of sin as like a bad thing, but it's a slowly reworking good thing. Right. No, that's a that's a good point because it's sometimes we feel the conviction of sin, and it's like, man, you know, the the bigger concern is if you don't feel the conviction of sin. If you're like, you know, I sin, and then it's just kind of like no big deal like it just doesn't matter well you know that could be a sign that the spirit you know isn't if you're comfortable in your sin and you know we all go through times of of um coldness and and things like that but you know the spirit is uh, does convict us and he does work and so you know eventually we're we're drawn to repentance and so that's a good a good sign we should be rejoicing when we're convicted because like oh man the holy spirit is working in my life he's doing something because i've been convicted of this sin yeah, and the conversation right now reminds me, last week I was reading this Puritan as he was talking about like pastors, and he talked about we shouldn't speak of the sweetness of the gospel until we talk about the bitterness of the law or the bitterness of, of sin being convicted to us. So we can't really see and taste how good the gospel is until we, till the Holy Spirit convicts us. Yeah. And so. But that's not all he does. It's not all he does. Yeah. He also, the Holy Spirit is a pledge of our salvation. Okay. Now, ple- hold up. Let me just pause you right there. Because this is one I feel like is a very churchy sounding thing. And I don't always feel like I understand what is trying to be communicated by this. So can you can you break this down for me? Give me just give me something to like, to walk away with here. Hang a hat on? Yeah. All right. I'm going to read you a couple of verses and then I'm going to give you my thoughts. They may not be that great, but here we go. So Paul's thoughts, 2 Corinthians 1, 22 says this, but it's probably 2 Corinthians 5, 5 says this. He says, he, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God who has given us the spirit as a guarantee. And also in Ephesians, he talks about the Holy Spirit being a guarantee of our inheritance until we possess it and then to the very praise of the glory. So my my thing, the Holy Spirit is this, uh, is that the Holy Spirit is, is the ultimate engagement ring. Uh, and the reason I say that is how biblically how this all ends is at a wedding. Uh, if you read Revelation at the end, uh, there's a wedding feast of the Lamb. The church is the bride of Christ. Jesus is our ultimate groom, and the Holy Spirit is coming to uh, to pledge to us, to guarantee us where we will be heading on that final day, um, and that He is kind of, you know, as heavily or earthly as possible, is is kind of an engagement ring uh, yeah. to us. No, that's a really good illustration of of it's a it's a promise and a uh, a pledge of of love, and it's a uniting in um in sort of our current state as we are to what we will be yeah in the future yeah because there's things that are true of us now that will be truer in that final day yeah like we are justified and we are sanctified but we're going to be really justified and really sanctified and glorified on that final day mm-hmm. and all those things are what we're feeling now are foretastes um to that final day. And so the Holy spirit just comes in as kind of this reminder, constant reminder that we are chosen, that we are united, that we are with him as Paul, again, Paul, you know, as Paul, the main guy for this, that he constantly in those letters, uh, you know, Ephesians, Colossians, 
uh, Galatians, that we are in Christ, we are in him, and just reminding us over and over again that we're in him because the Holy Spirit is he's our guarantee or he's our inheritance and so on. So, yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, I like that analogy a lot. I feel like that's a really helpful uh, illustration. Yeah. Hang your hat on that. I will. Um, so give us a, give us third, one more. Yeah. Third one. He is our, he's our comforter. Mm-hmm. Uh, John 14. And I, I guess side note, John particular 13, 14, 15, 16, all the, that's like Holy Spirit central. Um, and so, you know, if you're curious about kind of how Jesus and the Holy Spirit, I mean, those are the chapters of John particularly I would be reading. Um, but here in John 14, it talks about the things I've spoken to you while I was still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that I have said to you. And so that he comes in as a comforter, an advocate, a counselor, um, you know, all these things are at play. And so, um, you know, we need to be comforted. We need an advocate. We need someone to help us in this fallen world of this already, but not yet reality. Uh, we need the Holy spirit. Um, and he kind of works in that, uh, in that, in that in between time to comfort us and so forth. Yeah, no, I like that's, that's a good, that's a good word. I mean, comforting. And then he, he will teach us, I think is a, a helpful thing. Cause Jesus says he'll bring to remembrance the things that I've told you, but then he'll also teach you. Um, so it's almost like applying the, the, applying the teachings of Christ into your moment into what you're facing in your life is the Holy spirit helps you to do that. He brings to mind what Jesus said, and then he, he's going to teach you. He's going to teach you, Hey, what does that look like in this scenario to live that out? And so, and that's a great comfort to us. Cause if, you know, Jesus says, I won't leave you as orphans. Um, because it's like, well, we could be out here trying to figure this out on our own, but the comforter comes and he's with us in the most profound way as we're going through life. Um, we got one more here. Yeah. Lastly here that he also testifies about Jesus and powers evangelism. Yeah. This was kind of like, this was my addition to the, yeah, this to the outline. Your, yeah. So this is, uh, the reason I just threw this on here was one, you know, it's, I think it's scriptural, um, which is John 15, 26. It says that Jesus will, t- that the Holy spirit will testify concerning me saying Jesus. Um, and this was actually really, um, really changed how I thought about things um, when somebody brought this to my attention. Cause um, you know, we, we joke as Presbyterians that like, we probably don't talk enough about the Holy spirit. I grew up in a tradition that talked about the, not that it's like possible to talk about the Holy spirit too much, but um, I think talked about the Holy spirit um, apart from the person and work of Jesus in, in some ways. And the, this person was talking to me about the spirit and they were saying, Hey, um, what do you think the Holy Spirit's job is? And I kind of had like these kind of vague notions of like, um, you know, empowerment and things like that, all things that were true. But he said, Hey, like, I think the Holy Spirit's main job is to testify to us about Jesus, to remind us about Jesus and to point us to Jesus. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like that makes a lot of sense. So even as we're, um, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's main work is to remind us of Jesus and what he's done. Cause that's the grounding of our sanctification. That's the grounding of our justification. That's the grounding of our life. And that is as the second half of that, of um, the next part of that verse will say, John fifteen twenty seven. 
you know, you two have seen me go and testify about me. He's reminding us and testifying to us about Jesus so we can testify to others about what he's done. Yeah. And I think that's really good because we, if we're not careful, even, even us in this podcast, if we're not careful, we can make the Holy spirit all about us. Right. He convicts us. He empowers us. He, he pledges to us, but it's really forefront about him and his glory, him meaning God, Mm -hmm. the father, the son and the Holy spirit. And right. He empowers us for that. And he, and yeah, I think it's just, I always think the Holy spirit is always pointing away from himself. So you said like, he's like a spotlight and the spotlight isn't, you don't look into the spotlight, you know? So we want to, in some ways we want to see like what the Godhead is doing and how the spirit is operating in our lives. But we do that only in the hopes that we might see what he is trying to point us to, which is the personal work of Jesus and his life and death on our behalf. And, and through that we might have life. And so, you know, Holy Spirit, important. It is important. Uh, and we could probably go on. You yeah. know, we could talk about those, their spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. There's the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. Um, there's even, you know, I've talked to some of our students about what their spiritual gifts are. You know, mm-hmm. how has God, how's God remaking you uh, to testify about Jesus in the, in the, in the world today, you know? And so, um, you know, my hope is particularly with this podcast is that we don't forget about the Holy spirit and then that we would actually engage with him, the person, um, to convict us, to empower us, to bring him glory and honor. Um, and the last thing, this will probably help us go into next week as we look at the church is that I believe that uh, God has given us three major tools to help us in our life. Mm. Um, Bible, usually the Bible is kind of the, the big one that everybody goes to, um, which is kind of the, you know, as Reformed Presbyterians, we talk about Scripture alone. Um, but I do believe the Scripture never acts alone. Right. And so the other two pieces of that is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is empowering us, it's convicting us, it's teaching us. But also, the Holy Spirit always works in, which we'll see this next week, within a church, within the body, within the people. And so, uh, having those three things always at play, that you know that you're trusting not just you're trusting in the Word, but also in the very person of the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. Those things are going to help you live out life in this fallen world. Um, and so. I mean, I could say more, but, yeah. well, and that's what I'm trying to do with our college students in particular is that, uh, we, many of our students, you know, bec- you either know Christ or get to know Christ for the first time in college. And I don't want them to be lost in this, like already, but not yet. And, and what God has given us are those three things, the Bible, the Holy spirit and his church. And I want students to really know those three things exist and they're actually very key for their lives. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, I did have a question I wanted to ask you. All right, this is this is just bonus. bonus. This is just for our Patreon subscribers. All right, this um, people paying extra. Yeah, remember to go to ref dot org. Yeah, put in my name. Yeah, or the University of North Florida. Yeah. Uh, so you talked about the Holy Spirit being sweet, and I thought about this question during the podcast but I didn't want to, you were on a good flow. I didn't want to, I didn't want to throw a curveball at you, but what is your favorite dessert? 
Holy Spirit, sweet. What's your favorite dessert? Speaking of living life well in this world. Uh, so depending on some cheesecakes there at Piscati's. Okay. Um, so there's a little plug for Shout a, out. a little local local place here in Jacksonville. Um, for some reason, German chocolate cake wow. is, is high on my list. Okay. There you go. I, I, th- I would have had you for something like really obscure. I do like tiramisu. Okay. German chocolate cake. And then if there's a coffee, peanut buttery-ish chocolate cheesecake thing. So like European desserts is basically your, your kind of yeah. go-to. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I was, uh, I actually have a really like a real soft spot. Like I can't resist baklava. Like, I don't know what it is, but I can't, can't get away from it. Yeah. No, there's a, when they do the world festival, mm-hmm. um, there's this one tent. I buy them out. It's a local place. <sighs> so, oh my gosh. Okay. You know, Tilly can make some <laughs> and it's pretty good. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about that off mic because <laughs> I'm so hungry right now. Um, but thank you for listening. You got the, uh, you got a little bonus in there about desserts. Um, so you got some local dessert recommendations from Tommy Biscotti's. Um, but thanks for listening. Hit us up on the socials. Make sure to uh, like, subscribe, share, um, do all that stuff you're supposed to do with the podcast. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the flip side. Have a good day.